We often talk on this show about how to have a big job and a big life. Today, we're going to talk about how to have a big job and big holidays. For many high achievers, what we experience this time of year is not only the demands of family and Christmas parties and gifts and decorating, but also year-end at our places of business. Maybe your organization has a board meeting in December. The insanity. Perhaps you have a job that requires one last push between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Maybe you work for yourself and it's all on the line this time of year. Many professionals in different industries experience an escalation in their responsibilities around the holidays, so they're challenged by both the increasing personal demands and increasing professional demands. The good news is that the same strategies that you might use to survive the chaos of year-end in your business will also set you up to survive and thrive the personal demands for your time during the holidays. On this episode, we're going to discuss a series of strategies and ways of thinking that will set you up for success this holiday season, whatever the personal and professional demands on your life might be. You can have a big job and a big life that includes big holidays. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their careers and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposefully create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, getting clarity on how we're creating the experience of our lives, we're conspiring to keep ourselves stuck, identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives, and identifying a plan to achieve it. What do you have going on this holiday season? Is it a stressful time for you professionally, for your organization? Maybe you have some year-end projects planned for your business that are welling up. Do you have work obligations and holiday parties that you'll be attending? What about holidays or time spent with your family? Are there holidays that are spent with her parents and his parents, or even her mother's family and his father's family and her mother's side and his father's side? Other pairings or get-togethers? Or maybe you are more of a Friendsgiving kind of person. We've recently returned home from spending the Thanksgiving holiday with my side of the family. We had a great, enjoyable, restful time, a little oasis in the midst of a busy season. Things in my day job will be very intense over the next 10 days, and we're looking forward to Christmas with my husband's side of the family this year. So I'll be taking these strategies with me for both categories of events, personal and professional, and I know that these strategies will be useful to you as well. Let's dive in. Identify the priorities and then let other things not be a priority. High achievers are often prone to perfectionism. We want things done right and on time, or better yet, early. Perfectionism is something we'll return to on a later episode, but seeing as how nothing is perfect, perfectionism is always self-defeating, and it comes with diminishing returns. As you consider the professional and personal demands on you this holiday season— Decide what is truly a priority, and equally as important, what's not 
a priority. Because we want everything to be perfect and for others to be pleased with our performance, we often think that everything is a priority or must be a priority is equally important. But the reality is that it's not. Some tasks, responsibilities, and projects are truly more important than others. And I'm talking beyond the idea, which is totally true and important, of the idea that your family is more important than your professional job. Some tasks, responsibilities, and projects within either of those domains are simply more important than others. And some are simply more important right now. And then act on this prioritization. This means noticing if you're procrastinating from working on important tasks that require focus and deliberate energy by working through your email. This means noticing if you're selecting items on your to-do list because they're easy to check off. Procrastinating can look a whole lot like being busy, and yet you don't spend the time and energy on the things that are most important. As you consider personal obligations and opportunities during the holidays, again, it's okay to make determination of what your priorities are. Maybe you don't announce to the family that a particular gathering or event doesn't make your list, but you know which parties and get-togethers are most important for your kids, for you, for your spouse, and you can make choices to conserve your energy to enjoy those events by choosing not to participate in others. You may also decide that the priority is just the family being together, but there may be aspects of that get-together that aren't as important. Maybe it isn't necessary to make all of the old family recipes. Maybe gifts don't have to be exchanged quite so extensively now that the kids are older, and a couple of them might be becoming minimalists. Select the events, traditions, and get-togethers that are the most meaningful And don't miss out on those most meaningful events because you've spread yourself too thin. And as you look forward to those family events, plan for 50-50. On episode 19, I introduced the concept of 50-50. This is the idea that life is a roughly even mix of good and bad most of the time. If you haven't had the opportunity to play around with this thought yet and see if you find it useful, the holidays are a great time to do so. The idea is that we experience about a half and half mix of positive and negative emotions, or if you prefer the language of comfortable and uncomfortable emotions. So let's assume that I find my upcoming work event inherently challenging. The idea of 50-50 reminds me to wonder what the good half will be and keep my eyes open for that. And actually, just putting the idea out there brings to mind catching up with colleagues I haven't seen recently, some in over two years because of the pandemic, the satisfaction of intellectually stimulating and impactful work, good meals, and enjoyable conversation. I know that I'll experience these things, and now I'm also on the lookout for other positive exchanges that'll occur over these few days. My brain is primed to look for them and draw my attention to them. Assuming that I'm looking forward to holiday moments with the family, the idea of 50-50 reminds me that if something goes sideways at a family event, as it so often does, it's no big deal. It doesn't have to mean anything. Things go sideways. 
especially when you get a group of people together. That's just how it is. It doesn't mean that something was bad or wrong or didn't go well. When you're not making it mean anything, if something goes sideways, it's often much easier to just laugh at it as well. Know and deploy your anchors. What are one or two things that keep you grounded? This fall, I did an episode called When Your Check Engine Light Comes On. I think it was episode 16. On that episode, I told you what I was doing for myself for my own routine maintenance before the wheels fell off my vehicle. I knew that I was on a trajectory to get sick and tired and potentially stay that way. So instead of driving until I was stuck by the side of the road, I took a pause and started doing those things that for me are a minimum baseline to take care of myself. And for me, that is getting adequate and good quality sleep and walking. Similarly, you used to hear people talk about taking their car into the mechanic to check it out before they took a long family vacation, maybe a family road trip, get the mileage-based service done, have the belts and fluids checked so you can avoid a breakdown. As you're gearing up for a few weeks of what may be intense professional and personal demands, how can you offer yourself purposeful routine maintenance? I like something that you can do a little bit of every day, but maybe you're looking for something that you could do every couple of days. You do you. Maybe it's scheduled calls with a friend or a family member, writing in your journal. Maybe it's getting yourself to the gym or sauna or working in your art studio or ensuring that you can get your yoga practice in. It can be whatever works for you, but figure out what you can do that keeps you sane, that helps you take the edge off and make it a non-negotiable. We're in the midst of what my brain tells me is the worst or busiest or most demanding time of the year in my day job. Now, as a coach, I recognize full well that all of those things I've just told you are thoughts that are not serving me but I seem to be holding on to them pretty tightly. I know that during this time, I'm going to need to think clearly, quickly, and focus intently. And it's possible that there could also be some strong personalities, and I'll wish to maintain my pleasant disposition. I'll be speaking in public and will be on for what amounts to about five days in a row. And frankly, the preparation is already busy and quite stressful. These are times when a lot of us would be inclined to just commit to longer hours and cutting some of the fluff out of our schedule. Just press in hard and get through it. For me to set myself up for success, I'm making certain that I'm in bed for more than eight hours each night. And I've walked an hour outside for the last two days, 20 minutes of which was over my lunch hour. Can I tell you, it just makes the quality of work I do in the afternoons so much better. Getting enough and good quality sleep allows our brains to actually think clearly. We begin to experience cognitive declines and declines in our dispositions really very quickly, neither of which is good for intense, cognitively demanding tasks done with a lot of collaborators. For me, walking helps me to really get out of a sympathetic nervous system state to get out of fight or flight and calm down. And boy, does the increased blood flow do wonders for my ability to concentrate. These anchors, sleep and walking, also let me show up for my family as my best self. If I'm low on sleep and tired, I'm much less likely to be relaxed and comfortable and friendly, getting up to 
do the dishes, to help in the kitchen can feel like a chore and a not indulgent time spent with people you love. Going for walks helps me to feel physically good in my body, which of course improves the way that I show up. And for me as an introvert, it's also a way for me to get some quiet time alone. What are some things that you can do, especially maybe some that you could do on a daily basis that might serve as anchors for you that can be made non-negotiables? If you're an introvert, schedule downtime, both in intensely busy work times and during holidays with families and loved ones, we're asked to be on. Like many introverts, I'm required at times and by aspects of my day job to show up as an extrovert. And I can do it and even enjoy doing it at times, but it does absolutely sap my energy. Knowing that I want to continue to show up as my best self, both for my family and in a work context, this means that I'm strategic about ensuring that I have adequate downtime. So if you're an introvert, find ways and times to restore your energy. Here's some things you might consider. Get up earlier than others who are in your home. Have quiet time in your home or in your bedroom if you've got others in your house in the evening. Take yourself for a walk. Drive yourself somewhere. Close your office door. Consider what invitations you choose to accept and those that you decline. Recognizing that you're an introvert who recharges more quickly and effectively alone than in a crowd and taking good care of yourself is just good sense for you and for those around you. Ask for help. My husband said to me recently, I can't help you if you don't tell me what you need. We'd all like people to read our minds, both at work and at home, and with our families, but they can't actually do so. How often does someone ask you for help, and you really feel annoyed and like there's something wrong with them? My guess is seldom. And yet we're so hesitant to ask others to help us out when we need it. Ask for help when you need it, and it's actually a way to build connection both at work and in your professional life. Feel every feeling, question every thought. I can't take credit for this sentiment. I've read it recently in a book by Amy Beth Acker. I'll link it in the show notes, but it stayed with me. And those of you who are familiar with other episodes are going to notice how much it resonates with my perspectives. I've talked in other episodes about the stories that we tell ourselves. The holidays are rife with stories we're telling ourselves. The ways that things should be. What other families' holidays look like what we should be able to do and manage and sustain, how our kids should behave at their grandparents' house. Be kind to yourself and remember that our stories come from all over. Other people, things we've read or seen on television, ideas we're exposed to, things that we've inherited. We can find ourselves telling ourselves stories that we don't even believe or don't believe anymore. A lot of stories are likely to come up around the holidays See them as stories. When you have a thought that troubles you, question whether it even belongs to you and if it's a story that you want to tell anymore. On the other hand, the holidays are a time of heightened emotions for all of us. Emotions that we love to feel and emotions that we would give anything to avoid feeling. Let all of the emotions be there. Be willing to feel them. When we allow emotions to be present in our bodies without resisting them, 
or pushing them away, they actually dissipate more quickly. They pass through us. And even though some emotions may feel terrible, they can't actually hurt us. And when we recognize them for what they are, we don't have to act from them. So let the grief, the overwhelm, the disappointment, the anxiety, the joy, the delight, the closeness, and the love just be there this holiday season. Today, we talked about some strategies that you might deploy to enjoy both a big job and big holidays this December. I hope that some of these feel accessible to you and provide you with some relief during the holiday season. And whatever holidays you are celebrating and whatever you're doing professionally this time of year, my very best holiday wishes to you. Go to stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 22 and find not only the show notes for this episode, a worksheet to walk you through these strategies. That's going to be stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 22. The link is, is also in the description of whatever app you're listening on or watching in. And thank you for sticking with me through episode 22 of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube for our next episode. Wherever you do listen, please do like and subscribe and tell your friends. If you're enjoying it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.